Welcome everyone to Ask Anarchan. I'm your host, Joel Hool, and this is our podcast series where we sit down with our experts to talk about the work that we do here at Natural Resources Canada, or Anarchan for short. Today, we'll be speaking with a research scientist who discovered microfossils of fungi that are about a billion years old. For those of you who are new to the show, we call this series Ask Anarchan because we want to hear from you. The purpose of the show is to share with you not only the type of science that we do, but also the reasons why we do it and how it relates to your life. So, at the end of the episode, if you have any questions on today's topic, head to Twitter and tweet at us using the hashtag AskNRCAN. Our experts will do their best to answer all your questions. We usually release an episode of AskNRCAN on the first Tuesday of each month, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Okay, let's meet our guest. Our guest today is scientist Rob Rainbird from the Geological Survey of Canada. Rob, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Joel. Nice to be here. Awesome. So during a geological mapping expedition of the Western Canadian Arctic in 2014, you collected samples that yielded microfossils of a species of fungus that is about a billion years old. Can you tell us a little bit about the, exp- the uh, expedition in question, where you were and what type of work you were doing? Yeah, of course. Um, well, what we are doing is part of a program called GEM, that's Geomapping for Energy and Minerals. And uh, the project, its goal, main goal, is to upgrade the geoscience knowledge of that region. And it's a very poorly understood region. So one of the things we do is we make geological maps. So that's kind of the, the, the grounding for the type of work that we do. And in the course of doing the geological mapping, we collect rock specimens uh, from all the different areas that we visit. And in the course of doing that work, I collected some special shale samples that I saw that had these black flecks in them. And uh, that, they, that triggered uh, something back in my mind from some work I had done many years ago, that this was a, a unique type of shale sample that could yield microfossils. So I collected specimens of it in hopes that I could send it to a specialist for them to identify microfossils. So uh, why did you think that those little marks could be something that's, that, that's worth looking into, that they were microfossils? Well, I had done some work actually not that far away on the, uh, Victoria Island for my PhD thesis. And I worked with a, a, a guy there who was also doing his PhD, and his specialty was microfossils, studying early life. And so he came out in the field with me, and he was looking for these particular type of shale samples. So he, when I was with him, he showed me the kind of material that would yield uh, the best microfossils. So, and then he took the samples back to the lab and analyzed them, and he found uh, a lot of new species of uh, microfossils, and we ended up publishing a couple of papers together on the work, and uh, he, he later became quite famous, and now he's a professor at uh, Cambridge University in, uh, in the UK. How do we know how old those microfossils are? Is that something that the, the lab that you sent it to did? Is that something that you did specifically? Yeah, that's something that we do here at the Geological Survey. So um, we didn't know the exact age of the layers that yielded the fossils. So we kind of uh, try to figure it out by knowing the ages of rocks, older rocks that underlie the horizon where we find the fossils. And we also know the age of the layers that overlie the layer that has the fossils. And we have two different methods that we used for that. So the rocks underlying the specimens, we know their 
we know that they're greater than a thousand million years old. And that's because we analyzed sandstones from those layers and they have a mineral called zircon in them. And um, they are, so they're zircon grains that have come from rivers that eroded a terrain way to the south of the basin where these were being deposited. So the youngest grain of zircon in that sandstone is around a thousand million years old. So we know that that sandstone has to be older than a thousand million years old because it, it can't incorporate something that's younger than that, right? So, mm -hmm. so that, but that is the youngest grain was around a thousand. So we know that the layers above that that hold the shales have got to be younger than a thousand million. That's really interesting. So you tested its environment that was enclosed it, not so much the microfossils themselves, right? That's right. Yeah, that's my job as a sedimentologist. I'm trying to understand the environment that these uh, organisms are being deposited in. So is there a reason we're not testing the actual microfossils themselves? Is it because we would destroy them or? Well, we don't have the expertise to do that. Okay. Um, we don't have labs that can, it's very specialized kind of work. They have to dissolve the samples in hydrofluoric acid, which is that there's not too many labs in the world that do that kind of work. There's only a few. So uh, I knew of a couple labs uh, in Europe that did this kind of work. So in fact, I approached my colleague that I'd worked with back when I was doing my PhD, and he was, he was too busy. So uh, he, he recommended uh, another person in Belgium. So I contacted her. And um, she took the samples and analyzed them and found some really great uh, fossils in there. So she thought that it was too big a project for her to take on herself. So she brought in a PhD student, Corentin Laurent. And uh, so he started working on the specimens and found more exciting new species of fossils and including uh, what he thinks are fungi. That's really interesting. So what does this discovery tell us about the early evolution of life on Earth? Well, one of the things that uh, it's probably the most, most important uh, implication of the discovery is, is that it sheds new life on complex organisms like uh, fungi and animals when those actually uh, formed on the tree of life. So... Uh, way back in the, the Precambrian era, there were three t branches to the tree of life, there, two of which were uh, uh, types of bacteria, and then a third branch of more complex organisms. And that's, that's where um, the complex organisms such as animals and fungi uh, uh, were on that branch. And that, that branch diverged at some point. So fungi diverged from uh, animals. Uh, so our discovery means that um, that branching must have occurred at least a thousand million years ago. And uh, before that, the oldest known fungi were around 400 million years. So that pushes back the time when that branching occurred to at least a thousand million years ago. It could have occurred before that, but, but uh, prior to this discovery, 400 million years was kind of the first the oldest known fungi. That's really fascinating. Thank you so much, Rob, for being here today. It was my pleasure, Joel. So, this is the end of the episode. But like always, it doesn't mean it's the end of our conversation. If you have any follow-up questions for our experts, get on Twitter and tweet at us using the hashtag AskAnarchan. 
Also, if you're interested in learning more about the scientific work that we do at Natural Resources Canada, check out our online magazine called Simply Science. We have a ton of great content for you, including articles, videos, and previous episodes of this podcast. If you check out the podcast page for this episode, we'll have links available to any relevant material so you can learn more about what we talked about today. The best way to find Simply Science is either to Google it or click on the banner from our website at nrcan.gc.ca. And if you like this episode and you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, please leave a review and subscribe so you can check out any previous or future episodes. That's it for us today. Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time.